Super Talk Mississippi media production. What's the key to a quick and fun travel escape? Enjoy public art outside or outsider art inside and refresh your sense of history with awe-inspiring parks and museums. Vicksburg is the key to the South. This is a Thunder and Lightning Extra here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Brian Hayden, and I'm joined by one of my favorite guys to talk to across the SEC, Cole Kublik, a guy who I know without a doubt knows a lot more about football than me. That's why I like talking to him, so I can learn something here today. You were high on MSU a season ago in the offseason, and, and, and it paid off. They, they were better than, than a lot of people thought they were going to be. Same thing this year. I, when we talked to you at media days, you're like, I like this team. I think they're going to be pretty good. And here they are ranked 16th in the country. Watching them, what's impressed you about Mississippi State this year? I think just the command of the offense. You know, Will just looks even a little bit more comfortable than last year. Um, and some of that is ad-lib, you know, doing things on his own. But where to get the football, how to get the football out. And that, I, I do think they've added some a few things. They've added a couple of wrinkles in the run game. Um, I think up front, there's a there's a comfort level on that offensive line of being okay, being more physical. There's a little bit of a desire to come off the ball occasionally. Um, and I think probably what it is, is just they understand that they're getting lighter box and like, hey, we're going to be able to ride double teams and this can be fun. And, and they welcome it, um, especially Cam Jones, Cole Smith. Like, I, I think they are just, they brought a little bit different attitude this year, it feels like, on the right side of that offensive line. So, it's uh, it's been fun to watch, man. Like I, I, I don't think that there is, and I don't know if last year it was feeling like you had to deliver the ball to certain receivers all the time, but it did feel like that it was controlled a little bit more by one to three guys. And I mean, you got a laundry list of guys this year that that can seemingly have a big game any day, any week. So, uh, you know, defensively, just more more guys with more experience, and I mean the, the defense, you know what you're going to get. They're going to be physical. They're going to attack. Um, which, you know, at times is going to put them in a bad spot because that's just the aggressive nature of what they are. Like, we go back to A&M game. Like, you're going to get some cutback runs that hit with a dynamic running back like you just are, especially that's good at that. But, I mean, they're going to be – they're going to over-pursue at times. They're going to be overly aggressive at times. They're not going to be super sound on every snap because the opposite of that is why they win a lot of reps. So, it's just um, – I think those are kind of the things that have stuck out to me early on. You think about this offensive line a couple of years ago, and and they couldn't block five on three, and then they, these last two games to to have given up no sacks, I think is pretty impressive. Especially when you consider they lost their starting off their left tackle, uh, Dollar Bill Johnson. They reshuffled. They're playing at a really high level. This is your bread and butter, the offensive line. You know what is this group sta- doing that stands out to you? Yeah, I didn't think that. I guess I didn't really understand the duration of developing a comfort level inside of it. And, and I had studied Washington state a bunch. Like we, we, they were in, they were in the mix with the Joe Moore award for multiple years. And as a group, we all talked about them and we discussed them and, and, and obviously I had to go watch them and study them a little bit. So, I mean, I knew about what it was and why the sets were different and how they aligned and things like that. But I just, I, did, I guess I didn't understand that it was going to take a couple years to really be comfortable and for guys, I guess, to just understand the techniques and understand the nuances and, you know, visually where you need to be. Um, but now you can really see that comfort level kind of set in. And, and I think a lot of that is just knowing how plays are going to operate, what you're going to be able to get away with, not get away with, you know, why guys line up a certain way. Keep in mind too, 
a lot of these guys probably saw looks defensively that they had never seen before. And that messes with your confidence pre-snap. You come up and get differently. You're like, what the hell am I going to do here? Uh, like, how are we going to block this? Or if this guy goes outside, do I need to go back and help my tackle? Or, you know, the center's thinking, this crossed my face, do I need to help my right guard or do I need to stay with him? Like, some of that confusion can affect your play and it can affect uh, your aggressiveness. And, and I don't see a lot of that this year. I don't see a lot of guys questioning themselves. And I, I guess I just didn't realize that being in the system for two, three years, even as a backup or just, just repping it more and more, was going to be just as important for the offensive line as it was going to be for the quarterbacks and the receivers. You've seen the last two weeks, Mississippi State's been running the ball really, really effectively. 140 yards against AM, 170 yards last week against Arkansas. You know, play defensive coordinator. If this offense can pass and run this effectively, what's what's the key to slowing it down? Cool. Uh, uh, you got to commit to taking something away. And when you do that, usually, I mean, whether it's Tennessee's offense, whether it's you know, this Mississippi State offense, whether – I mean, any offense in the league, Florida's offense, like when you are determined to take one thing away, you're probably going to be very susceptible to allow something else to be successful or other things, plural, to be successful. And that's where it gets tough. But I think, you know, if it's me, I, I'm attacking the quarterback. And it's hard because I think Will is very crafty in the pocket. I don't think he has straight line speed. I, I don't think he's going to juke a lot of people, but he's very aware of how to move, where to move, when to move, and you know, obviously being able to still turn those into positive plays, not necessarily run the ball, but moving around to throw the ball. But I, I just think you have to get to him, and you have to disrupt the rhythm and the timing. So if it were me, I would probably load the line of scrimmage and, and try to attack the quarterback. I would try to hurry things up. I'd try to disrupt the timing, the rhythm which is tough because Will moves around really well. Like I said, he, he knows how to navigate the pocket. Uh, he can escape. He has good maneuverability in the pocket, and he utilizes that to continue to throw the ball. Uh, most guys are just going to tuck and run. He understands how to move to, to still complete passes down the field. So I would probably try to go after him, disrupt some of the timing rhythm, get some hits on him, hopefully force a, an incompletion or try to get a turnover. And then I'd play my DBs off and, and just pray that I had guys that could tackle well. I mean, if you didn't have guys who tackle well in the secondary, you don't do it. And you're not going to beat Mississippi State if you don't tackle well anyway. So what's the point of keeping extra guys back if you don't tackle well when you're not going to get ball carriers to the ground anyway? But I think you do that, you negate some of the run option, and you, you take that away just by having the guys in the box, and then hopefully you attack the quarterback and make him uncomfortable and potentially get more incompletions and maybe even get a turnover. That's that's the best way that I, I – mean, I, I understand a lot of these people want to rush three, drop eight, but I think Will has gotten patient enough to where he's fine just checking down. I think you know, I've talked to like I talked to Chris Hatcher at Sanford about this offense for a long time, and he's like, "Cole, the number one thing is patience. You ha- your quarterback has to have patience. I don't care about arm strength. I don't care about accuracy. I don't care about timing. If your quarterback isn't patient and he's not willing to just take the check down thirty times a game, or thirteen times a game, or three times a game, whatever it requires, you will not be successful." And I think Will's gotten very patient in this offense. He'll dump it down to the back. He doesn't care. If he needs to hit something right over the middle of the field for a two-yard gain, he doesn't care. He'll do it. Uh, and that's where it gets frustrating because I, mean, I just think that you're sitting there. Like, I would rather at least force the situation than say, okay, they're going to beat me, but it's going to take longer. Because I think, I think Mike really did go ball control offense last year. 
Uh, I, I think that was kind of what he thought he needed to be, wanted to be. When they got a lead, like it was still air raid. It was still four and five wide. There was still a lot of throws, but they would let the play clock bleed down. They would wait. And obviously, there would be more high percentage pass to essentially act as runs to be sort of a ball control offense. So I think you have to attack to try to force situations and try to make them uncomfortable and disrupt the timing and the rhythm. You saw Kentucky last week, and, and I know Will Levis was out, but that did not look like a team that was ranked in the top 10 to two weeks ago. What did, what did you make of Kentucky? Well, the problem with Kentucky right now is you know, this team has been built around physicality. This team has been built around running the football, imposing their will, and they don't have a lot of that up front right now, at least on offense. Defensively, I think they still have some guys that can be problematic with uh, you know, Deion Walker coming on as a freshman, what Justin Rogers does in the middle. They can still be that kind of a group defensively, but offensively, they're not good guys blocked. And, you know, I, I, some of it's personnel. I think some of it's a new scheme. It's a little bit confusing. It's difficult for them to sort of grab hold of. Um, and then when you take that quarterback out of that equation, it changes even more. Earlier in the year, you took Chris Rodriguez out of the equation, and that changes it a little bit. He is a guy that adds yards, I'll say that. He's somebody that a two-yard gain can easily turn into a four- or five-yard gain. A one-yard gain turns into a three-, four-yard gain. So he is going to help that, but the identity is just different. And, you know, that's the give and take. You, you want to get more explosive. You want to get receivers in that can go get those explosive plays like, like Tavion, Barion, Dane Key. Like those, those guys can get it, they, and they can take a hitch and turn it into 80 yards, or they can just beat you over the top and take a deep ball. Uh, but at the same time, you know, they, they haven't been able to continue to add – some of the offensive linemen and have that kind of play that they had three years ago and the, the two or three previous years before that. So to me, just the physicality up front on offense is the biggest difference. Is this game just as simple as Mississippi State's defensive line should have a huge advantage against Kentucky's offensive line, and that's that's where it's going to be different, that State's just going to be able to, to get pressure all night? Yeah, I think that's a big – well, it's not just pressure, but slowing down the run. I mean, that was the key last year. I don't think the key last year was getting to Will Levis. I think the key last year was, you know, Kentucky ran into a wall. Uh, we had that game last year, and it just it, – it's um, – you know, maybe the last couple of years, it's, it's kind of been the same way, I feel like, where – here's the thing about State's defense. Like, I, I don't want them in a – I don't want to fight them in a back alley. Like, I don't want to fight them in a phone booth. Like, I think they welcome a fist fight, I think – I think they welcome a bit of a dirty fight. And I don't mean like anything illegal from the rules of the game or anything, but like they're okay scrapping. They're fine with that. Like they, they'll welcome that. And you start trying to have a track meet with them, that's a different story. Like if you want to go out and, you know, put the wristbands on and, and get your visor out and try to see who runs the fastest and looks the good, like they're not a seven on seven defense. That ain't what they are. Um, and, and I don't think Kentucky's a seven on seven offense and hasn't been the last few years. So I think that just fits right into how State wants to play. And then, two, how they operate up front, they, it, it works well against the zone scheme. Like, zone scheme is designed to pick everything up. But when you move a lot and, you know, you displace offensive linemen from their tracks, like you retrack offensive linemen in the zone scheme, it makes life very difficult. And penetration, like, if you go back and listen to the interview I did with Kirby, we were talking about Missouri and the outside zone and what they do the other day. He's like, we got to strike it and we got to penetrate. We got to set the edge. We got to push them back. Essentially, saying you have to retrack offensive linemen. You do that, it's going to have a hard time to get going because you're going to have to bounce it out early, and the line of sight's not going to be the same for the back. It's just going to be problematic. So, yeah, getting pressure on Will Levis, that, that's key, that's critical. But I think retracking the offensive linemen in the run game early is even more important because they still are going to be a heavy play action team. He's going to turn his back to the defense, he's going to go deep back in the pocket and want to take his shots. 
those things just as important. I think where you look at some of the advantages for Kentucky with that are the misdirection plays. You know, you get that jet sweep, come across the line of scrimmage backside, he can turn and throw it out. Or you get a counter play that's added in every now and then, and you can add it out. Some of the play-action stuff, if you get too aggressive, you can get big plays off that. You know, fans uh, always say, you know, you shouldn't look ahead, but I'm going to do it anyway. Just like I just can't help myself. How does Mississippi State match up with Alabama and Georgia? Uh, not very well, especially Alabama, because they've got – Alabama might have three of the best ten outside linebackers in college football yeah. with Braswell, Turner, and Anderson. And they've got this cheetah package now that they're running. Saw it first against Vanderbilt when we had them. And, I mean, you're talking about three elite rushers that are going to be on the field at the same time. And then you've, you've got good ability on the back end safety and corner. Um, I don't think Georgia is as skilled up front from an individual pass rusher perspective like Nolan Smith is, but I don't think they have three or four of them. Uh, but it doesn't mean they're not going to be easy. To, they're going to be difficult to deal with. They are very difficult to deal with. Um, I think Georgia's still pretty good on the back end. I think offensively, you know, Alabama, you, you don't know what you're going to get right now because you know, you're trying to get a couple receivers back. Your quarterback's a little bit dinged up. Offensive line's coming around. Now Jameer Gibbs looks like your number one weapon. So I think it, it really depends on what you're going to get by the time you get there. But once again, A.D. Mitchell and Smith have not really been healthy so far for Georgia. Brock Bowers is their explosive weapon. That's why they're trying to get other backs involved and other backs going. They don't have a ton of home run hitters on that offense. That plays right in the state's hands. So I think it comes down to just can you manage things up front offensively? And if those teams decide to play a certain way, it's just going to be tough to deal with because by alignment, you're giving up extra space. And there's nothing a pass rusher loves more than space. Like when he knows he's not going to get double teamed or he knows he can go inside move or turn speed to power, try to run you over or dip and rip to the outside, it just gives him a lot of different advantages. So I still think up front offensively, even though this offensive line is playing pretty good ball, it's just not a great matchup because of what they have. And then if you're just letting super athletes that can run and go find the ball, if you're just letting them operate in space, like they love that. And both those teams tackle fairly well. So once again, like I said earlier, if you're going to beat Mississippi State, you have to tackle well because they're going to get the ball quickly to space, and you've got to get those guys to the ground. Both those teams do it well. Good stuff. Cole, always appreciate it. Now we'll let you get back to your regularly scheduled day of doing everything all at once. Have a good one. We appreciate your time, man. <laughs> Appreciate it, Brian. We'll catch up soon, man. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.